six months after it was established by law, the Defense Management Institute has found its groove. The Institute, a sort of think tank for Pentagon management, has established human resources, health care, and acquisition as topics to focus on. For more, Federal News Network's Alexandra Lohr spoke with the Institute's director, Peter Levine. Our effort is to build a community of practice around defense management. We think, first, we're proud of the website that we launched um, just uh, just earlier this week. And um, we've got a lot of resources, I think, that will be useful for the defense management community. Uh, we've got a curated list of, of, of key, re- key resources in each of the uh, eight defense management pillars that we've identified. We've got a list of experts with uh, bios and contact information. Uh, we've got links to other organizations and libraries that, that are key to defense management issues. Um, and we're starting to note some other features like links to, to breaking news on defense issues and interviews of, def- of, of, of uh, defense management leaders. Um, so that, that's a place where we think we're making a contribution. So tell me what you've been doing for the last six months. It seems like it's been a little undercover for six months, and now you've got the website. What's that six-month period involved? So um, we're building up to the website, obviously, but we're doing we're doing uh, work in a number of other areas. Um, so we've been conducting a review of the history of the chief management officer and the deputy chief management officer to try to develop lessons learned on that. Uh, we conducted some roundtables for the Department of Defense for our sponsors on the on the issue of defense hiring. Um, we've been we've brought together our, our, some of our experts um, in one of the pillars, the defense health pillar, to talk about the future of, de- of defense health care and, and problems and issues that that may be that may be addressed. We started a review on behalf of the uh, the Department of Defense. They're required by Congress to do a re- an annual review or. A, periodic review of, of the defense agencies and field activities. So we're assisting them in that. We're just beginning to launch what we call a, a next generation initiative, um, which is designed to reach out to colleges and universities, to the academic community, to raise attention of, de- of defense management and defense management uh, issues uh, among both students and, and, and scholars. We, we feel that the Department of Defense is not well understood um, outside of the department. Um, that, that the general public tends to think of, of the Department of Defense and thinks immediately of the armed forces, of the military, and the fact that we also have a huge business. The Department of Defense is not only a military establishment, it is a business establishment with one with an $800 billion budget and an incredibly complex organization employing uh, roughly 800,000 full-time civilians. And people don't realize the Department of Defense has the largest civilian workforce in the federal government, that it has civilian managers um, helping with everything from personnel and logistics to hospitals and healthcare. So, um, bringing attention to those issues, helping the academic community understand that these are issues that are well worth their time and effort to study, um, students to understand that these are issues that are uh, worth becoming involved in, engaged in, and thinking about, um, and that, that there are plenty, plenty of places where the academic community and, 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 and the younger generation can make. Uh, big contributions to the Department of Defense and the National Defense without joining the military. So um, those are all things that we're we're trying to work on. What are some of the challenges in terms of managing the civilian defense workforce that are unique to the Department of Defense that are different from industry? With regard to the difference between the Department of Defense and the rest of the civilian workforce, the DOD civilian workforce and the rest of the civilian workforce, I would say there is a unique challenge in that the Department of Defense has not only a civilian workforce, but also a military workforce. So the relationship between the civilian workforce and the military workforce and two different sets of leadership 
to different sets of management and how you work through that and 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 work out problems is, is somewhat more complex uh, in the Department of Defense. It is a huge and complex organization, and that creates real management challenges. Well, one of the issues that is constantly brought up is the length of time it takes to get someone on board once they're hired, and that there's a sense of, of losing talented people because they have to wait so long. Is there some solution that well, solves so, that problem? So the problem is not just onboarding, it's the hiring process. So it, uh, uh, people will complain, I guess, about the onboarding process. Problem, but they complain even more about the problem of getting to the point of hiring. Both of those problems are problems the department is working on all the time. Streamlining the onboarding process is something that um, I know that uh, in the Office of Secretary of Defense that they're working on actively. Our sponsors are working on that actively. Defense hiring is an issue that has gone on for a period of years. Um, I personally am, am an advocate of what's called direct hiring, uh, which enables the Department of Defense and, and, and other federal agencies to work around rather than through some of the complexities of the hiring process uh, when they have high priority areas and they need to be bring people on quickly. It creates a lot more flexibility in the hiring process, gives an ability to uh, move quickly when, when needed to attract talent. Um, I will say the Department of Defense, like any large bureaucracy, has a tendency to impose re requirements and procedurals and procedures and hurdles even when Congress tries to get rid of them. So direct hiring, which should be simple, is sometimes more complex than it needs to be. You had brought up the chief management officer, and, and that's back in the news again. You, you said you'd been studying it. There, there is a, a side that says, well, we never gave the, the office a fair chance. We need to do it with more authority. And then there's the, the White House's position and the Defense Business Board's position that it was not a position that was ever meant to work correctly. Any thoughts on that? I could speak as a former Deputy Chief Management Officer, a position I held about, uh, I don't know, six, seven years ago now. And as an observer of the Chief Management Officer, I do not think the problem is not giving the office enough authority. Um, I think the problem is that uh, understanding how that office fits into the the rest of the bureaucracy of the department, how it relates to the rest of the department. The way the Department of Defense works, giving an office nominal authority in law is not the same as actual authority in practice. The question of what kind of expertise the office had, what kind of capability it had, what kind of relationship it had with other senior officials in the department uh, is as important as any authority that can be given uh, by Congress. I do think it's a good idea to have a senior official in the Department of Defense who's responsible for Congress. Um, I'm not convinced that that should be the third highest ranking official. Personally, I think that when I was in the office, I found that the thing that made me most effective was not uh, the authority that had been given to me by Congress, but the relationship I had with the Secretary of Defense and the Deputy Secretary of Defense. I had a very good working relationship uh, with Secretary Carter and Deputy Secretary Work, and I think other officials in the department understood that and understood that when I talked to them about defense management issues, I was talking to on behalf of the secretary and the deputy secretary. And that's what made me effective. And there was nothing that Congress could do in terms of giving me more authority or saying I could direct people or order people around that was going to add to that or subtract to that. It was more important within the department to work with other people and to convince senior leaders that you were doing the right thing than it was to have nominal authority or legal authority that was provided by Congress. Um, reorganization is difficult in the Department of Defense. It takes time and it distracts from the mission. Um, the department has just gone through a, a lengthy period of getting rid of the chief management officer, which distracted from his position, from, from, his, from his mission, from the management mission. And I, and I think Congress should consider the impact of 
reconstituting a new office. And if you do that too quickly, you create another another wave of disruption, which you need to worry about. And that doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing to do, but it's certainly the, the burden on the organization of continual reorganization should be a consideration. Peter Levine, director of the Defense Management Institute, speaking with Federal News Network's Alexandra Lohr. Check out Alex's story at federalnewsnetwork.com.